Welcome to the Mindful Mondays podcast, weekly reflections and meditations to start your week right. With your host, author, meditator and founder of Mind, Body and Spirit Entrepreneur, Rachel Thompson. Good morning, meditators. Welcome to the Mindful Mondays podcast. Rachel here and I'm your host. If you are visiting for the very first time, this is the reflection episode for this week. So this is going to help you set an intention for today and for the rest of the days this week. We also have a guided meditation that goes along with it. So for today's episode, we are going to be talking about using your happiness barometer to let you know if you're going in the right direction, if you are making the right decision, if you're on the right path or not. So I'm going to actually pull from a couple different resources and go over what they're talking about um, to give you some good examples and just give you some techniques on how to use your happiness barometer every day to let you know if you are on your truest inner path, your divine path, your life purpose, you know, just if we're all going in the right direction, your happiness will be able to tell you if you're doing that or if maybe you need to make a left turn somewhere. So to begin, I want to read a quote from Lao Tzu, and this actually comes from the Tao Te Ching. And he states, Simplicity, patience, compassion. These three are your greatest treasures. Simple in actions and thoughts, you return to the source of being. Patient with both friends and enemies, you accord with the way things are. Compassionate toward yourself, you reconcile all beings in the world. Our emotions were given to us for a variety of reasons, but one of the main reasons is to let us know where we are in relationship to our own thoughts and in relationship to outside experiences. If something makes us feel bad, then there's either something going on within our own minds that causes us to feel bad, or it's our reaction to a situation and that situation is not a good situation for us. On the flip end, experiencing true peace, true happiness, true joy, those are all indications that we are on the right path. However, this can be very muddled because often what happens is we pursue something and we think we're pursuing it because of happiness, but what we're doing is mistaking excitement for happiness. So we can do something that's like super exciting that might not be the best for us, but we get all wrapped up into it and we lose sight of ourselves a little bit. And I'm sure we can all think back to a time, maybe like beginning a relationship that down the road, we're like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? But in the beginning, it was just so fun and so exciting. Or I don't know, going out with friends and you're like wrapped up in the moment and maybe you drink more than you should, or you act in a way that you wouldn't normally. And the next day you're like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? Well, because you were so excited, you were wrapped up in the moment. That's not true happiness. That is not our guidance system leading us in those directions. That's the excitement of the situation leading us in those directions. On the other end, we might initially have an urge to do something. We might have an idea and it makes us feel happy for a moment. But then 
the fear and the doubt creep in. And we mistake that as the idea we just had is not right for us. But what is really happening is you had an idea that aligned with your true path that probably would have been really good for you. And that's why you get that initial sense of happiness and wonder and like, oh, wow, where'd that idea come from? That was cool. But then that fear, those ingrained subconscious beliefs and thought patterns and habits that you've been fostering for so many years came in and they blocked it. So really using your happiness barometer takes some practice. It's kind of a skill. You really have to learn how to pay attention to how you are feeling. And once you get some practice in it, then you're able to use it to guide your next steps. You're able to say, I had an idea and that initially made me happy. Now I know that I had fear and doubt creep in almost immediately afterwards, but I felt that happiness. I felt that peace. So let me just see what it's like to pursue that idea. And then maybe you pursue that idea. And as you're trying different avenues, you automatically want to lean towards the one that makes you feel the best. Again, you might be battling that fear and doubt along the way, but it's that initial like, ah, okay, that feels right. And it can come in like half a second, but that is your internal guidance system. On the flip end, if something just doesn't feel right, if you get that gut reaction, but then you try to talk yourself out of it, then really we're not going towards our happiness. We are allowing our ego or maybe some desires to muddle our true instincts, what we know is really best for ourselves. So, you know, kind of paying attention to that as well. It's really just that initial gut reaction and being able to tell where that reaction is coming from. If that reaction comes just automatically initially without any thinking, then that is probably your true inner guidance system leading you towards your right path. But if that initial reaction is stemming from fear, if it's stemming from doubt, if it's stemming from negativity, then that is not going to lead you in your right direction. That's just coming from Like I said, these ingrained patterns that really have been directing us all our lives. And if we haven't found that true bliss and true happiness, and if we haven't found our true life purpose yet, then those haven't necessarily been leading us in the right directions. What probably has happened for most of us is we've followed some of those intuitions And then we've also followed some of like the fear and the negativity. And so we kind of end up with this mixed bag full of like, well, some things are really good, but then other things are like, not so much, but what do I do? And that's when we practice using our happiness barometer to kind of just weave our way to where we actually should be, where we want to be, where our higher selves are trying to guide us. Okay. So I want to talk about two ways to get there. And to do that, I'm going to read an excerpt from two separate books. Uh, The first book is Mindful Mornings, and that's actually my book. That's a book that inspired this whole podcast. Uh, So if you're interested, it's on Amazon. I'll link to it below. And I have just short little chapters on different topics, and this chapter is all about happiness. What does happiness mean to you? Take a moment to envision a happy life. What does this look like? Who is there? Where are you? What are you doing? How will you get there? 
Now think of why these specific qualities led to a happy life. What internal sensations would they produce? Perhaps a happy place for you is on a secluded island. It is not the island that causes the happy state, but the feelings you associate with the serene environment. You may long for a deep sense of relaxation, peace, or a carefree life. When you think of who is there with you, often these people represent those who you love and whom love you the most. It is not the people, but the feeling of unconditional love that causes the feelings of happiness. If you visualize engaging in one of your favorite activities, it is not the activity that causes the happiness, but the joy you feel. When one breaks happiness down in such a manner, it is easy to understand what qualities in life you think will bring you happiness. If you are searching for peace, you can find that anywhere, not just on a secluded island. Side note, we just talked about that last week, so that's kind of funny. Okay, if you didn't check out that episode, it's the episode right before this where we talk about all about peace. Okay, back to the book. Learn to be the love you wish to feel. Love yourself and others unconditionally. Accept others as you would like to be accepted and take time to express your love and gratitude for people in your life. The people you love do not need to be around for you to feel happy. Foster a permanent unconditional love in your heart and it will be with you always. If you want more joy, learn to look for joy in all situations. You will find it in even the simplest of activities, if you learn to look for it. When you can find happiness within, you will no longer yearn for outside factors to elicit happy emotions. We often foster a mindset that puts most of the control in outside situations and people. If someone treats you well, this will make you happy. If you earn the success you want, this will make you happy. When you can travel more, this will make you happy. It is okay to have dreams, but in the journey to accomplishing your dreams, aim to find happiness in the process. This allows you to take back control. It will free you from fear. If something does not go as planned, you will be able to persevere while holding on to your happy state. In many cultures, especially Western societies, this contradicts everything we have learned. Our culture promotes a false admiration for those who are rich, successful, and famous. We try to keep up with the Joneses, a view that is strictly based on obtaining that outward appearance of happiness. The only way to achieve actual happiness is to forgo this ingrained thinking, learn what truly makes you happy, and focus your efforts on feeding your soul rather than your material desires. So in the book, I often give activities like how I do in the podcast, and so I'll just read that in case any of you want to do it. The little activity I suggest is, is to answer the questions listed in the beginning of the chapter. So again, that is, what does happiness mean to you? You know, just take a moment to envision your happy life. What does it look like? Who is there? Where are you? What are you doing? And how will you get there? So take a moment just to answer those and write down the internal state that indicates a happy reality for you. So this can be peace, love, bliss, freedom, etc. Once you have this list of the internal states that that you associate with happiness, try to foster these internal states in your daily activities. Consciously decide what you will do, how you will act, and what you will focus on today so that you can achieve your desired internal happiness. 
So this is really the first step of using this internal happiness barometer. What happens is whenever we foster this internal state, like attracts like. So when we are in a state of happiness, then we will have a lot more intuitions, a lot more guidance, and the fear won't be as automatic. It won't interject as easily. Now it might come up, but the more you practice staying in the state of love and peace and joy, then you're going to be able to recognize it because a lot of us are constantly living in a state of fear or some sort of negativity. So when it comes up, it seems very real. But the more you can try to foster this internal happiness without anything happening on the outside, you're doing this for you, okay? The more you can foster it, the more you're going to be able to pay attention to that happiness barometer. So if you're already in a happy state and you have these thoughts that come to you and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, that feels good. And then maybe a little fear tries to creep in and you're like, nah, like I don't have time for you right now. Like I'm feeling good. Then you're going to have more confidence to follow those intuitions. You're going to have a lot more clarity. It's going to be a lot less muddy because you're already in such a good state. I know we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but the reason that we do is because it's just so important and we all need weekly reminders. I know that I need daily reminders of this because it just doesn't come natural. It goes against everything that we've been doing for the past however many years we've been alive pretty much. What can you do to foster that inner state of happiness? What does happiness mean to you when you visualize everything on the outside that would bring you happiness? Pinpoint those underlying emotions and do what you can to foster that state and just see what comes to you. You're going to have little resistance up. The resistance comes from fear and doubt. When you're already in a happy state, there's no resistance. And your higher self, your inner guidance, source, your guides, what you know, whoever is giving you that intuition, whoever you feel is giving you that intuition is like, oh, hey, now, now he or she is willing to listen. Like, let's give them some ideas. Okay. So that's the first step. Now I'm going to read from a second book and we're going to talk about the second step of using your happiness barometer. So this book is um, by Swami Kriyananda and the book is called God is for Everyone. And so he was a disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda who wrote Autobiography of a Yogi. And this book was actually inspired by one of Paramahansa Yogananda's books called The Science of Religion. He actually didn't write it. He he had uh, one of his colleagues, one of his good friends, like write it. For him, um, Paramahansa Yogananda did in the original book, whenever he first came to America, because he didn't really have a grasp on the English language yet, like enough to, he didn't feel comfortable writing the book. So one of his disciples wanted to rewrite it in a way that he thought was maybe more true with Paramahansa Yogananda's message. So anyway, it's God is for Everyone by Swami Kriyananda. It's not religious or anything, but anybody who's interested in different types of spirituality and like the interconnectedness and all that kind of stuff, it's definitely a good book. So I'll link to that below as well. But this, he is talking about fostering that inner state of happiness. Human beings are more developed in intelligence and understanding than other animals. Consequently, they soon discover how temporary life's physical and emotional sensations are. Today's pleasure or pain may only be a memory by tomorrow. Humanity is therefore inclined to seek fulfillment of a more permanent kind. Most people want happiness, which is a state of mental well-being, because even they, however, are still evolving towards wisdom, 
The process is by no means automatic, for it is influenced by free will. Most people, even if they want happiness, identify it erroneously with outer, tangible gains. They identify permanence with possessions. Thus, their search for happiness is diverted. Consider a typical detour. A person is strolling down the street without a care in the world. The day is beautiful, birds sing in the trees, the sun is shining brightly in a light, clouded sky. A gentle breeze wafts the scents of lilacs, fresh sprinkled with the dew from a nearby garden. The man thinks how perfectly wonderful life is. All at once, perched on a tree limb just above his head, he spies a gray-colored bird framed gracefully by surrounding branches. Soft clouds form the backdrop to the scene, sailing like majestic galleons through the blue sky. If only I had a camera, the man thinks. I could catch this image on film and I'd have it with me forever. That passing happiness has suddenly awakened in him a desire for something more permanent, a material possession. Alas, poor fellow, he can't afford a camera. What can he do? This desire is too sudden to be deep. But even so, its ripples dance on the surface of his heart. If only I had a camera, he repeats. Ah, if only, how many other pictures I could then take and keep with me forever. Somehow the sunlight no longer seems to him quite so brilliant. The bird's songs no longer thrill him so deeply. His feelings churn with schemes for how he can afford to buy that camera. From now on, he scrimps and saves months pass. The strength of his desire grows. At last, he finds he can fulfill the desire. Meanwhile, he has carefully researched the market, and one particular model has caught his fancy. Now then, what about those happy walks down the street that set him on his mental journey of exploration? He hasn't had time for them. Oh, well, never mind. Now he has, as his very own, the camera of his dreams. What joy is his? Or is it? Here's an interesting point to consider. He was happy before his decision that he wanted that camera. Today, with his new acquisition in hand, is he happier? Oh, yes, he is more excited. But is he happier? Wasn't his happiness that day due partly to the calmness of his enjoyment? Can he sincerely equate this excitement with that moment of unconditioned happiness? The truth is, his present happiness compared to what he had before is an uncomfortable compromise. For his joy now is centered outside himself. No longer does it well up from a sense of inner well-being. All he has accomplished is remove the condition he placed on his happiness by telling himself he needed a camera for happiness to be complete. How much beyond that has he achieved? He owns a camera, and its possession seems the happy ending to a great adventure. Still, dot dot dot, dare we ask, how long will this happy ending endure? Only as long, surely, as it takes him to balance out the intensity of the desire and the difficulty of fulfilling it with his feeling of having grown used to the possession. After a time, he finds that he needs to reaffirm his happiness. He may gather friends about him to regale them in his saga of the camera, repeating again and again what a stroke of luck it was to be able to get it. He explains the research it took and why this model so ideally suits him. Finally, with triumphant air, he displays his best photos. 
The time must arrive during this process when he notices in himself a certain letdown. The problem is his new camera is no longer new. In fact, it is beginning to seem a bit old hat. Rarely now does he feel that joyful lift of internal possession. Even the compliments people pay him no longer mean much to him. His desire for the camera has, as it may now be said, been well and truly fulfilled. Wouldn't one think he'd return now to strolling down the street and enjoying the birds' songs and the flowers fresh sprinkled with the dew? For some reason, he just doesn't. He asks himself instead, what new object can I possess? He has seen telephoto lenses, wide-angle lenses, and countless other useful attachments for his camera. Should he get one of those? The satisfaction of one desire has set in motion a tendency in him to continue to seek happiness by fulfilling other desires. Ten of them, a hundred, a thousand. The more he seeks happiness and outer fulfillment, the more he finds himself entangled in the process itself. No longer is he able to live in the present. Desire keeps him from living in the future, a future that forever recedes. Was he not actually happier that first day strolling cheerfully down the street? This camera was supposed to increase his happiness. Instead, it has made him focus outside himself for fulfillment. Yet happiness on that occasion was already his. Now, has anybody ever experienced anything like this? I know that I have. I think that most people have. Like, if you're so excited for something, maybe it's not a possession, although often it is. Maybe it's like a new house or a car. Like, those big possessions can be so exciting. And you save for them. And you just, like, you build everything up. You know, it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't have to be a possession. It could be like a vacation or a trip. And the same thing, like you're saving and you're you're cutting out of your everyday life so that you can save up for this huge purchase. And then you get it or you go on the vacation. And, oh my gosh, it's so wonderful. Like, let's say you buy a house. You have a housewarming party. You have people over. You do all this stuff to your house. And then a year down the road, it's, it's just your house. And things go wrong and you have to fix it. And all of that what you thought was happiness kind of seems to fade away. Now, yes, you can love your house, and I'm not saying don't buy houses, but what this example perfectly illustrates is as humans, oftentimes we will take away from current happiness to try and invest everything we have into in us into something that we think will bring us even more happiness. And what happens is what we think will bring us more happiness is outside of ourselves. And as that excitement dies down of having accomplished what we want to accomplish, having been able to purchase that house or that car, go on that trip, after that excitement dies down, then you're just left often with even less happiness than you started off as because oftentimes there's more stress and more money and more upkeep and, and things that almost take away from your happiness so that you can continue to drive happiness or try to drive happiness from that possession, from that outside experience. So whenever we are using this in the context of having this happiness barometer inside ourselves and using it to gauge our decisions and gauge our next steps, the important piece of this is to really just focus on when your happiness starts to drop off. When you are stressed out because you're feeling less happy and you're like, okay, I must need more, I must need to do this, da, da, da. that is your happiness barometer saying like, mm -mm, you're not going in the right direction anymore. 
What is your next direction? And that's whenever you focus on finding that internal happiness, like coming back to to that balance, to that peace, to that internal homeostasis, and allowing your inner self to guide you in the next direction. So that man, if he was truly paying attention to his happiness barometer, when he was walking down the street, he was perfectly happy. Now he had a desire pop in his head, as many of us do. I mean, it's just so innate. He had a desire pop in his head. If he really paid attention to how that desire made him feel, then he may have been able to squash it and been like, you know what? Like, this is so perfect. I don't need that camera. But that's hard. Like, maybe that camera was. Maybe he did need that camera. Maybe that was a a next step for him on his life path, okay? So let's say he's walking down. He has his desire for the camera. He's like, okay, that feels right. That feels good. I'm going to get that camera. Then with the scrimping and saving and all that, if that's taking away from his happiness, he could have went inside then and said, okay, am I still on the right path? Is something is not feeling right? What's not feeling right about this decision? And then his steps could have been guided by moving towards what he thought would make him happy. Now, if he still was like, okay, I really think that this camera is making me happy. You know, it's just my thoughts and my worry that are taking away from my happiness. Then trying to bring happiness in while he's working to get that camera and, you know, trying to get rid of the worried thoughts that take him away from it. So let's say he gets the camera, then he feels happy or excited for a little bit and he shows his friends, but then he realizes that he's not happy again. That's another opportunity that he had to go within and be like, wait, is this camera really, really bringing me happiness? Or or was I happier on that initial walk? Or you know, maybe I could be doing something else with this camera that is more along my life path and that would bring me more happiness. So what I'm trying to illustrate here is it's not that we have to say no to all material possessions. It's not that we have to say no to all of our desires. But what we really want to be able to distinguish using this happiness barometer is what is a desire versus what is truly going to bring us long-standing happiness. What is the path that we should take? And you can really start to feel this. I'm sure if you've ever gotten something, you can relate to the man's emotions of like, oh, now it's not new. But hey, if I get this and this and this, then it'll be new again. I mean, just think about your clothes. For those of you who like to shop, how exciting it is to shop and you buy new clothes and within six months, those clothes are just old and you're like, okay, now I need to go shopping again. That is your happiness barometer saying, hold on, maybe... Maybe these clothes don't bring you happiness. Maybe we should take a step back. Maybe we should foster that internal happiness and see what comes up for us. And that's going to take us on our true path. So the first step, as I mentioned, to this happiness barometer is really fostering that internal sense of happiness no matter what and not looking to find it elsewhere. Okay, and recognizing the fear and recognizing those desires as they pop up and being able to be like, you know what, that's just a desire. Like, I'm happy now. I don't, I don't need to take away from my current happiness so that I can, can try to afford something I can't afford right now. You know, we're just going to keep going along the path of happiness and we're going to see what comes up, you know, because this might lead me to something way better than getting that camera, or this might lead me to something that would allow me to easily afford that camera. So that camera just kind of adds to like my happiness and it's not a sacrifice that I'm making. Okay, so that's the first step. The second step is after we have that internal state, just to pay attention along our journey, the different actions that we take, the different desires that we follow. If they're bringing us closer to that happy state or 
is somewhere along the way, they're taking us away from it. We really have to pay attention to what our actions are. If our actions are taking us closer, taking us further away from happiness, but we also have to pay attention to our thoughts, how we're thinking about the situations. One last example, um, let's say that we have this internal happy state and we get this intuition that we should apply for a job. So we apply for this job and we go to the interview and they call us back and they say, you have the job. Okay. So we followed our intuition. Every step along that way felt good. But the second that they called us for that job, we just feel like somebody is like strangling us. Like we are just so tight and we're like, oh my God, oh my God. I had to do all these things. Like, how am I going to quit my job? My boss is going to be mad at me. I'm going to have, you know, my coworkers might never talk to me again. What if this is the right decision? What if this is the wrong decision for my family? Now, you followed your happiness all the way there. But the second that real change was present, often what happens is it elicits all this fear. So just paying attention to okay, you know what? I felt so peaceful. It felt so right when I went to that interview and I applied for that job. But now that I got it, I have all these doubts. These doubts are not coming from happiness. These doubts are coming from fear, fear of change, fear of not knowing what the future holds. Okay, so those are the fear-based thoughts that are causing my unhappiness, not necessarily the decision to take on this new job. So I hope this makes sense to everybody. It really is just so much of this internal awareness and paying attention to everything. And the more that you do it, the easier it does become. So that is pretty much it for using your happiness barometer to guide your decisions. I do encourage you all to write down a list of like, what would make you happy and who's there and, you know, how are you going to get there and all that kind of stuff. But instead of focusing on the outside stuff, break it down to the internal state and work on fostering that now, okay? And then just kind of see what comes up for you this week and try to follow maybe an intuition or two and see where it leads and just pay attention to that happiness barometer the whole time. Is this action making me happy on its own? Am I having fear that I'm battling with, but I'm still on the right path? I know I'm on the right path. Or is me taking this step causing like a gut reaction saying, you know what? Something's just not aligned here. And and I thought maybe this is where I should go, but I'm going to go back because in my gut, not based on fear, not based on, you know, negative conditioned thinking patterns, but based on my gut, it's telling me there's another direction that's better. So just start to practice this and it's really going to help you so much. It's going to lead you to amazing places the more that we can pay attention to this happiness barometer. Okay, I hope that you all have an amazing week. Uh, Check out the meditation to really get you in that wonderful, happy state. Um, You know, I recommend you use it every single day this week to just kind of set you off on the right foot and try to foster that internal happy state as long as you can throughout your days and just see what comes up for you. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for everybody who's rated and the reviews that I got. It just makes my heart smile. 
And um, I just really appreciate it. And I appreciate everybody for listening to this and spending your Mondays with me. Um, So if you haven't rated or reviewed, I really appreciate it. Um, And again, thank you for everybody that has. And I hope that you just have an amazing week and I'll see you next Monday. Love and light. Thank you for listening to Mindful Mondays with Rachel, a mind, body and spirit entrepreneur production. If you enjoyed today's episode, head over to www.mymbse.com for more free resources and trainings. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and give us a review. And join us next week for a brand new meditation and reflection.